Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley D. Maria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's December 26th, the Feast of the Holy Family, as we approach the week between Christmas and New Year's. We weren't actually planning to tape our podcast this week, but Anne, there is a lot going on. Merry Christmas to you and all of our listeners. Merry Christmas, Haley. Yes. Um, okay, so at the top of our list of topics, drum roll, 2021, which should be of no surprise, it's COVID. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about what the holiday season means for us. So um, gathering with friends um, is one thing I want just to share a thought on and movies. Um, we will also talk a little bit um, about maybe this place that I'm frequenting called Stretch Lab. And for your family um, and our stew, we'll talk about Christmas Eve Mass and, um, you know, online or in person. I'm going to share a thought on our favorite carol and we'll see where our takeaways um, lead us. So let's begin, Haley. Tell me about your Christmas. So our, our Christmas got a little hijacked, um, like so many other families, by COVID. Um, so 11 p.m. the night before we were supposed to head south to Florida to be with my in-laws, so the grandparents, um, you know, a high-risk population as it is, um, one of my sons tested positive for COVID. And he did have some symptoms that day. We thought nothing of it because he had had his booster the day before. So he, his arm was a little sore. He was a little stiff. He was a little tired. Um, all right in line with symptoms that he'd had when he'd had his first two booster shot or his first two shots. Assumed the same with his booster, but nope, turned out to be COVID. Um, I'm actually not convinced that the side effects were from COVID. I think they probably were booster side effects, and he mm. most likely has an asymptomatic COVID case. But obviously, we can't go down to Florida. We can't spend time with the grandparents. We spent an entire day trying to figure out what to do. And I think for me, this was the most interesting part of it. Um, so thankfully, my son is is on the backside of it. He... Um, you know, he's testing negative now. He's still isolating. He never had it really bad. Um, so thankfully, and, and we've all tested positive or excuse me, negative this whole time. So from a COVID standpoint and a health standpoint, we, we are all doing well. What I will say is that it took almost an entire day to figure out wow. what to do. And I yeah. think this is where so many Americans and probably, you know, just global citizens are, are struggling. Yeah. You know, my husband works in healthcare. I think of us as both, you know, educated, relatively intelligent people with access to information and reliable information. And we really, I don't want to say struggled, but um, spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to do. There's mm -hmm. so much information about there. Mm -hmm. Who has to quarantine? Who has to isolate? For how long? When yeah. do we test? When do we not have to test? You know, are symptomatic versus not, you know, asymptomatic. It's just, yeah. it's really a lot. Um, so, I, you know, uh, we, we navigated it the best we could. I think that's what most people are doing. Um, yeah. you, know, you try to be responsible. You try to balance, um, you know, that responsibility versus 
going overboard. I don't really think you can ever go overboard when you're being safe, you know, but yeah, yeah, our Christmas week kind of got hijacked. On the flip side, everyone is healthy. I got to spend Christmas, you know, as a family of four. I was with my family, which not everyone got to do. There were a lot of families that didn't get to be together because of COVID. Um, it's, it's kind of a bummer. We're still dealing with this, you know, two Christmases in, um, I actually know more families who had their Christmases disrupted this year versus last year. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of differences, there's not the, the stigma of having COVID this year, like there was last year, you know, I don't feel like people are looking at us thinking, Oh, what were you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. So there are differences. Who did, there. It? Who did he get it from? Right. This, right. Yeah. Who was this he out with? Why was he with them? You know, what was he yeah. doing? Right. It could be anybody at this point. Yeah. So that um, was that was our week. It was. Um, it is what it is. We had to cancel our vacation. We had to cancel our time with family. That's a bummer. Um, but you know, that's that is the lesson I try to teach people all the yeah. time. Life may not take you down the path you planned, but it can still be a really good path. And we still had a really good Christmas. So Haley, question, I mean, I don't know that you can't answer this and I don't know that we need to just, you know, I mean, I will, I'll endorse the vaccine. The amount of pressure that you did not feel. I mean, your son has COVID and he's fully vaxxed and boosted. So there has to be some sort of comfort. Is that true? Like knowing that, you know, he's not going to get really sick, correct? He's not going to be hospitalized on a ventilator. I mean, am I wishful thinking and saying that? Or does that factor into your, you know, at-home care routine and concern for your son? No. So there's there's two parts to that, right? There's, again, social stigma, whether that is a social pressure or not. Um, yeah. You know, to get COVID and say you're unvaccinated, people then are going to jump down your throat. Oh, well, you weren't vaccinated. Of course, you're going to get COVID. Um, but there also is the comfort in knowing that most vaccinated people are not getting sick. Um, you know, my, my friend who's a doctor who works in the hospital, you know, 80 to 85% of the hospitals, COVID hospitalizations they are seeing are unvaccinated people. Um, there's a lot of statistics out there for people who are willing to read them that will tell you that most, most very sick, severe cases, especially with Omicron, are in unvaccinated populations. Now, that doesn't mean to say that the the vaccinated aren't getting it. They certainly are. My son did. Um, But, you know, for example, I rode in the car over the course of the 48 hours prior to him testing positive when he was clearly positive. We just didn't know. He and I spent probably two to three hours in the car together. That's sitting right next to each other, you know, in the car, no, not wearing masks, because why would we? And, you know, I, knock on wood, have not tested positive six days into his positive case. So, and I'm, you know, I am past my two weeks of being fully boosted. So, you know, does that play a role in it? I don't know. Um, I just, you know, I am very pro-vaccine. I know, you know, that's no secret. I just, I feel like any, anything you can do to help yourself, um, why wouldn't you do it? Um, Yeah. But yeah, there is definitely some comfort in knowing, you know, he's also 18. So, um, you know, 18 year olds aren't getting terribly sick either, but there are some who had. Um, 
But yeah. And that's how some people may choose to see it. It's just interesting. I was listening to the New York Times, the Daily, A Year in Sound. And it's basically a review of the top stories of the year for 2021. And it was talking about the advent. And we, you know, this time last year, the vaccine was just getting started. It was just being rolled out. And the hope and like the prophecy of, you know, what it was going to offer and how we could, um, I mean, what was the... um, it was the like there was a campaign. It was like hot, like something about you know a great summer and being vaccinated. And like you know Dolly Parton had taken her song Jolene and made it to vaccine, yeah. vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. It's so good. And then this girl is on Pfizer. I mean, there was real play with you know this. I don't know vaccine with what it was going to be able to do and hope and anticipation. And we know that case numbers did drop and then obviously the Delta variant came about and so did Omicron. But yeah, I just think that the worry um, that people feel, I can speak to that in terms of being together, you know, it's still real for many people, but yeah, as someone who's also fully vaxxed, you know, boosted, whatnot, it's just like, okay, at some point, you know, we all might get it, but that's, you know, reality. I got my flu shot earlier this week, um, got it free, uh, easy. So, yeah, we all pray for health and happiness. I mean, health is just the greatest. It's one of the best gifts we can have. Our health is everything, you know. So. It, it really is. And I think that if anything, that people have learned that over the past 18 months. Um, you know, we keep saying 18 months. It's been almost two years now. But it is yeah. something to not be taken for granted. Um, and we don't. Because it gives you freedom. Your health gives you freedom, right? And True. that's yeah so um my uh part for the flame here is about holiday traditions so one of them would be every right during this week there um i was very good friends with a number of women who are a year behind me at crondelette love them and we go to dinner um every year so several of them are local but several are from out of town but their parents are still here or family so it's just great we close the restaurant down in danville I mean, granted, that's 9.30 p.m. in Danville, California, which is a small town outside of um, in the East Bay. But love that way of getting together. And then today, my mom and I, um, part of the holiday break is always going to a movie um, in the theater. And so I know a lot of people watch Christmas movies or I love Hallmark movies, but we always go to a movie and we saw Belfast, um, which was excellent. Um, Kenneth Branagh. The actor, director, it was like a semi-autobiographical film. Um, and it's about his life growing up in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And my family is very close to the border. So um, it's not that we know Belfast very well, but, you know, the same kind of, you know, um, Ulster is the province. We're Ulster people. And it was really beautiful. I mean, it's set during the Troubles, during the conflict between Protestants and Catholics. And um, his family had to leave, essentially. Um, so there's the story that's revealed. But a part of the story is told indirectly through the music of Van Morrison. And I love Van Morrison's music. And he's, North- he's also from Northern Ireland. Um, and so it just resonates so beautifully with this movie. Um, yeah, I just um, was reminded of the reality for immigrants. You know, um, the Catholic Church speaks quite a bit about this. If things are good in your homeland, you don't leave. 
And that is really an underlying thread for his family. It was very clear they did not want to leave. There was high unemployment, there's high violence. It felt like they didn't really have a choice. It's not a spoiler alert to tell anyone that Kenneth Branagh's family leaves for England because most people really don't even, they probably don't even know that he's Irish. Um, but yeah, it's remarkable. And it's also remarkable to me that, you know, Northern Ireland is only like 1.5 million people. Oh, interesting. Island, yeah, like the Republic of Ireland is 5 million people. But they have set made such a mark in terms of like contributions to... You know, the arts, music, poetry, um, like, you know, like in music, um, but just actors and whatnot. And then obviously in golf, there's a number of golfers from Northern Ireland, Gary McElroy and, you know, um, among others, Graham McDowell and Darren Clark. So I'm always intrigued by a small place um, that faces challenges that still from which, you know, such greatness really emerges. So for anyone who's interested in a good holiday film, I, I strongly endorse Belfast. Interesting. Any other yeah. Christmas movies you've watched this week or recently? I you know we tried to get Charlie Brown Christmas. That's a family favorite and it wasn't, maybe it had been on earlier. So I need to, you know what? I need to write that down and I need to pick it up, like purchase that because <laughs> it's one of the best, right? Yeah. So. Um, no, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the theater. There are a number of films out right now, uh, like the one about Lucy and Desi Arnaz. You know, I love Lucy. Yes, that be, looks good. being being the Ricardos. I think being in the Ricardos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That looks good. Um, there's a movie about um, Kurt Warner, the football player for the Rams, yep. and a kind of personal story. So I think that looks good, but. Um, no, I didn't revisit Miracle on 34th Street. My mom asked if I, want, if I wanted to watch that or Polar Express. I just I wasn't feeling it. I don't know. Sounds like you might have seen some good movies, some Christmas movies. You know, we did. It's funny. Um, we had gone to a show. I think I might have talked about it last week. That was five different. It was walking through the sets of five yeah, different Christmas yeah. movies. Yeah. And the boys were pretty curious about them, even though they had seen them all um, you know, they we kind of laughed because one of the movies was the Polar Express, and they they kept saying, "Gosh, we haven't seen that in so long. Why don't we ever watch that?" And both Jamie, my husband, and I said, "Because you hate it." Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So every time we would say, "Hey, let's watch the Polar Express," they our boys were always like, "No, no, no." And I don't I don't know why. But then, of course. You know, many years later, they, you know, threw it back in our face. Well, we never watched that. And yeah, because you hated it. Um, so we kind of laughed about that. It's funny, their perception of things versus ours. Um, but we, we tried to watch it, and I think I didn't like it. So, so I, I love the... Here's why I think they don't like it. So I love the Polar Express. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. Um, and they had seen it when they were younger. But we went to an IMAX theater in Baltimore. I mean, I think Edward was in first grade, so it's probably been 12 years. And it was a 3D experience of the Polar Express. It wasn't the entire movie, but it was clips from it. And it, actually, I should take that back. It was in 4D. So it was 3D, excuse me, 3D visually plus smells and vibrations and... 
there's this one part where something jumps out at you and it jumps out in the seat so the seat kicks you. And I think it really scared my kids. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think that's where it stems from. But anyway, we, of course, because we were home, watched more, you know, we, even though as fully vaccinated people, per the CDC, with a known exposure, did not have to quarantine. We did. We all stayed home. Um, of course, Edward was in the basement. Um, but so we watched a lot of movies. Um, we watched okay. Elf, which of course, I, yes. But I've only yeah. that's only the second time I've seen it. First time I saw oh, it was really? like two years okay. ago. Oh my gosh, the mailroom scene! I, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. All of it is hilarious. It, yeah. It's never not hilarious. Um, yeah. So we did, we did watch Christmas movies. Um, and, it, but I will tell you what I loved most about it was I would bring something up like Charlie Brown Christmas. And, you know, my older son, James, who's a sophomore in college, he said, oh yeah, I watched that with my roommates. Or, you know, even Polar Express. Oh yeah, I watched that with my roommates. You really? know, Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, I watched that with my roommates. So during study days when they were studying yeah, for finals they would take breaks and watch oh, christmas okay. movies and i thought i love that you know that yeah, yeah. those are the experiences that you have in college doesn't matter where you are that yeah. that really bind you and bond you as friends right. um so i think when i think of christmas movies this christmas that's actually what i think about is that really fun kind of silly kid unique experience that my 20 year old is having um with yeah. his roommates in college it just it kind of made me happy you know they're watching charlie bound you know peanuts christmas together <laughs> so long as they're actually using it as a break like i'm laughing because i'm pretty sure one of my roommates like like literally didn't break from studying there was no break there was a stud because there was no studying it was all <laughs> So, oh, I shout can... out to Megan. Megan, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you these kids are studying because that's the other part of my son. He is a stress case about grades. So yes. I'm actually well, glad he took that break. That, yeah. Maybe Notre Dame students won't disappoint me. Part of me is worried that they're all so academic now that they really, you know, would never blow off their exams in the way that many of my friends and probably myself did um yeah in some ways so yes yeah. no doubt it is different but at least they are still watching you know charlie, yeah. charlie brown yeah. christmas <laughs> so. so moving okay. on to our stew um you know mass for us was was very different this christmas eve we've been in florida before for christmas so going to mass at my you know my in-laws church is not um, foreign to us. We've spent Easter's there. We've spent weekends there. We spent Christmas there. Um, so I was, you know, I'm very familiar with the church, which for me is just nice. I, I love going to new churches, but I also appreciate, especially during holidays, being someplace that's familiar and seems like home to me. But yeah. we did have a little bit of a debate, um, before we went to Florida, or at least before we were supposed to go to Florida, you know, do we go to mass in person or do we go to mass online? And my husband voted for online because I think he would always vote to go online. Um, that's just him. And I, of course, would much rather go in person because that's what I do. And that's, you know, my, yeah. my preference. So it kind of came down to the kids. 
And, um, you know, one of the reasons my husband wanted to go online is, and one of the re his arguments that I would consider valid, there are some that I wouldn't, but is because we were supposed to get on a cruise ship and we needed to have a negative test to get on a cruise ship. And of course, um, you know, you just never know what you're yeah. going to get in Florida. So what do we do? Do we go to church in person? Do we go online? Well, church in person in Florida means a packed church with probably no masks. And that is a little concerning. Um, at least yeah. to me, it's clearly not concerning to the hundreds and thousands of people who are actually going to church without masks and packing in. So one of the funnier moments when my son tested positive. <laughs> nice now, editorial. Yes. Yeah, now, both my boys voted to go in person. So as of, you know, earlier last week, we had all decided we would go to mass in person Christmas Eve. Um, but, you know, as soon as my son tested positive, he looked at all of us and he said, well, guess we're going to online mass. Yes, so you yes. have to keep your sense of humor, which we have. Thankfully, we've had plenty of things to laugh about and not too many things to be upset about. Yes. Um, but, you know, it was it was interesting. I I really, you know, of course, we did online mass last year because yeah. that's kind of where everybody was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't even think Haley Church is, it wasn't even an option where I lived last I, year. I agree. Yeah. I think that's how, well, actually, our church did, um, you had to register. And they okay. really limited what they did. But, you know, of course we had, you know, at the time, Father Tom doing mass. I loved at the time, um, you know, going to mass with my coach, who, you know, Tim Welsh at the yeah, time who was yeah. going to mass with us. To me, that was one of the most meaningful Christmas Eve masses that I had yeah. done, even though it was online. Um, so I thought about that a lot this year yeah. when we were online. Now we were watching mass you know, at our home parish. So, with, you know, again, I'm looking at a church yeah. that I'm very familiar with. I'm listening to a priest that I'm from, familiar with. You know, so it was very comforting in that sense. Um, but it also reminded me so much of last year and so yeah. much of what we've lost over this past yeah. year as well. And, yeah. you know, the church, the church where we were watching mass and um, you know, they talked about having the one section that where you were required to wear a mask and that happened to be, you know, I knew where that section was because that's one usually where I sit, but it was also where I sat for the funeral of my friend who I work with who passed away yeah. in September. So I'm thinking of her family. I'm thinking of my coach who's no longer with us. It yeah. was, um, it was just a really emotional moving mass. And I, mm. you know, I don't know if it was the culmination of dealing with COVID in my family this week, mm. not being mm -hmm. able to see my in-laws and my parents and my sister that, you know, that I was supposed yeah. to see this weekend. It's missing my coach. It's missing my friend, Christy. It was, there's so, it just reminded me one of how lucky we are. You know, my son has COVID, but he's healthy. He's here. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know how much hurt there is. How many people are really struggling this Christmas? And yeah. okay, I can't go on vacation. You know what? That's okay. Um, yeah. I have my kids. I have my spouse. Yeah. I have my parents. Yeah. I might not be able to see them, but I can call them. I can see them online. Yeah. True. So Christmas Eve mass for us, for me personally, was not what I expected. Not what I planned. Not my first choice, but it ended up being exactly what I needed. And okay. I think that's what I love about our faith, right? It's, yeah. we don't know what we need. We don't know yeah. what yeah. to expect. 
we Ooh. don't we don't really even know anything um, and we're not in control of it and I've learned that over and over again and clearly I still need those reminders but this yeah. this mass was exactly what I needed yeah, and it's great what and a I, gift it, it is honestly what a gift and yeah. that is the best mm -hmm. gift truly yeah. truly yeah yeah now, I mean, I was reading something about Christmas past, and it's it is it's difficult for a lot of people because Christmas evokes such memories. So for many people, when we've lost a loved one, like for you, Coach Welsh, it's just it's a sentimental time. And I, I think you know, part of you know, I'm Irish, and part of being Irish is like living with this melancholy. Like, <laughs> it's just you're always sad. There's always like tears. Um, you know, that's why they have poems and pubs and music because those things are your outlet. Um, yeah, for me, I didn't want to go to online mass. Um, so Haley and I have talked quite a bit about our friend, Father Tom, and he's left his religious community. And I just, I've, you know, it's the loss um, for, you know, and he would say this too. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm not saying something that's inappropriate, um, but I, it was painful. I just didn't, I was associating that experience, um, speaking of memories, right? And what, how special that was last year. And, you know, you're, you're sharing how special that was for you too. So I appreciate kind of this shared mourning and loss. Um, and this year, you know, he's not leading a mass. Um, so I was glad to have the distance from that. I always, you know, if I can, if I can receive the Eucharist, I want it. My sister and my father um, were at home, so it was raining really hard. So I do appreciate the um, accessibility of online maths, or excuse me, television maths. You know, my dad's 81. Um, it's a gift that he can still hear the word of God in a homily, and my sister was willing to do that with him. And then, you know, my mom and I went to, um, my parents moved when I was in college, and this is not, this is their parish, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say, like, it felt like our family parish, but it's where we go usually for, you know, masks um, out there. But one of the things about mass is that, um, one of my former colleagues said that always it's actually really good for kids to go to mass because it increases our tolerance for the weird and um you know christmas mass you're getting folks that you know oftentimes you know don't go and right. god bless them you know welcome them and my mom and i were talking about that um you know but i I find, you know, I find myself sitting in the pew. I, you know, the readings are beautiful. The music was great. It's your hometown choir. They sound, you know, good and lovely. And, you know, my mom was annoyed by the choir director and I didn't, I, it didn't bother me, but it kind of bothered me that she was bothered by it. Or this young man, like eight rows in front of me was wearing a baseball hat. And I just like was, wow. I was shocked that the usher, and I'm thrilled the usher like helped them, but didn't say, can you please remove your baseball hat? I was just like, come on, you know? And it's just kind of like, there I go, you know, I'm, I'm judging and I'm okay with judging, but it's also just like, it's tough, you know? Um, some of the things that we see. And then we see families, like I saw my, my good friend's sister, and um, they've had some real loss in their life. And the, the closing song was Go Tell It on the Mountain. And they were totally rocking out in the pews to it. So it. it was just a great image because it's hard for me not to think of they lost a, a 
a child and how hard Christmas must be for them. But yet there they are dancing. So, you know, just different vignettes and different moments of, um, right, the way that, I don't know, we're all in it together. So um, my piece of the spiritual stew has to do with music because one of the songs that was sung was Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And that was my grandmother's favorite Christmas song. So, yeah. you know, I, I told my mom, I was like, that was grandma's favorite Christmas song. And um, it's just a nice way to remember her. And I was thinking, well, what's my favorite Christmas song? And my favorite Christmas song in terms of prayer is not one that they necessarily sing at mass, but it's Emmanuel by Amy Grant, but it's not the one that most people know. That's kind of like your edgy, it's not edgy, but your rock song, which is actually, I think, theologically a very good song for people to know because in that song, and we talked about Emmanuel last year, but she says, you know, wonderful counselor, Lord of light, Lord of all, Prince of peace, holy God, mighty one, right? And she names several titles for Jesus. So I'm like, Way to go. That's good. But this one is more like, it has like a little bit of a Celtic vibe. Maybe it's back to a shout out to the Irish roots there. But it's Emmanuel, God with us. It's so beautiful. And um, I love it. So it, it definitely helps me to pray. So maybe for our takeaways, um, and we're in the Christmas season. Um, Haley and I talked about what is the Christmas season. Maybe as a takeaway, people can pray with maybe their favorite Christmas carol this week. I love that. So I would say I have two. One is more traditional because I think it reminds me of just going to church growing up. I love the third verse of Joy to the World. I've just, I love Joy to the World. But you get to the third verse and there's a little bit more music played between the second and the third and the whole organ just goes loud. Like it's, you know, you have joy to the world and then you have the second stanza and then just the whole organ comes in and it's, you know, he rules the world. And it's just, it all, I'm not going to sing because that's terrible. But I just, there's such joy in just the music that leads up to that last stanza. And it's kind of like everything gets louder, like you are supposed to sing out in joy. Yeah. Um, I've always yeah. loved that. I, lo- I look forward to that part. And it's always at the end of Christmas Eve Mass. Like I always, and I, it's usually at least wherever I've yeah. gone, the last song they play. And there's been a few times where I've gone to Mass where they don't play that third verse. And I'm like, no, wait, that's. That's how I end this. Like we are all in on that last verse. Um, So I love that from kind of your traditional Christmas carol um, because that that's what it is, right? It's joy. Jesus is here. This is exciting. He reigns. Um, And he reigns. The one with wild fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. No, that's that's the second verse. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now you're going to, yeah, we'll you'll have to listen okay. to the, the third one, but it's the beginning of the third verse. And then they sing, ah, the glory of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Is that the first yeah. verse? I don't know. I'm getting my verses mixed up, but anyway, that's we, a traditional one. We so will, what's the-, the third verse. We'll post a link to that, but I love the organ leaving, leading up to it. And I will say, I am also a big fan um of the song band-aids do they know it's christmas no oh my gosh do you not no. like it 
I used to love it and I think it's so inappropriate now. So do they know it's Christmas time at all? Like assumptions of this famine? It's like so here's what I'll so here's what I'll tell you. Yeah. So here's yeah. what I'll tell you. I agree with you. It was yeah. written in the eighties and Bob there are Yep. And there are truly Irish, Northern Irish, Haley. Northern Irish. He, and Bob actually Gildoff. you know how I knew he was I knew he was Irish. I knew he was Irish yeah. because they but did Northern Irish. The yeah. British did not knight him because you can't knight someone who's Irish. Um, but they gave him no, you some. You can if they're Northern Irish. Maybe. Does that make because because people from Northern Ireland are technically they're not citizens of Ireland. They're mm. in the UK. Well, they did. I read an article about how they couldn't knight him because he wasn't British. So he might be. He might be like from Dublin. I'm thinking he's maybe Irish. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Because. Um, because Van Morrison is knighted, and he's Northern Irish. Ah, yeah. All right, so we'll have to look more into that. Yeah, okay, but, no, 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 this is good, this is good. So, and so, I, I think he, yeah, so go ahead. But I hear yeah, you, there are there definitely- you go. is Irish, so there you go. There you are, are correct, and he's, yeah. There are definitely parts of it that are not as, I don't want to say sensitive and politically correct as we would be today, but I, I think you'd have a hard time releasing that song today and having it be as acceptable as it was when it first came out. So I, I loved it. I, I remember the video. I totally I it was like, yeah. But, but here's what I'll tell you. I, I've always liked the song, but in the Christmas of 2019, so two years ago, I heard it again, you know, cause I start listening to Christmas music right after Thanksgiving. And I had been to Africa earlier that year. Okay. And it hit me in such a different way, having yeah. actually been there. Yeah. And it, it, you know, you take kind of the political correctness aside. Yeah, yeah. And you right, realize like, yes, yeah. there is a lot going on there. And these people are so faith-filled and they are so full of love. And yet they have so many, you know, physical limitations that we don't have, right? Access to, to clean water, access right, to right. healthcare, you know, very basic right. needs that we take for granted. Sure, so, right. you know, the, the line, and it's, it's even applicable to now, you know, there's a world outside your window and it's a world of dread and fear. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. that it, 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 it caused such an, emo an emotional response in me two years ago when I first heard it actually having been to Africa yeah. and understanding what, how impoverished they live, Yeah. but yet how spiritual and joyful they are. Yeah. It was, yeah. that just hit me. And then to hear those words again this year, and I don't, I don't remember how I felt last year, but yeah, you look outside your window, it's a world of dread and fear. It actually has nothing to do with Africa in that sense. It's just, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of hurt right. out there. Yeah. So right. if you can take right. the political correctness out well, of it. No, I, think, I think you're right because he too went to Ethiopia. He like was hands-on with, um, a, you know, you a, a world relief, like, you yeah, know, completely. and whatnot. So 100%. He went there. So he had the experience that you did where an understanding that this is a profound, profound, like famine and poverty. So... Let's assume that, it, yeah, it was coming from a place of love. I, I have no doubt. I 100% believe yeah. that. I think yeah. it would be really hard. You would have to be a very cold, heartless, selfish person 
to go to Africa and not just like the froofy African safaris, but really go see Africa and not understand that there is true need there. And yet these people, they are, they really are amazing people. They just, their circumstances are very different than ours. And it's, it, it stays with you. It's, it has stayed with me. And it's something I think about a lot, you know, how I tell, and my kids know it, they hear this song and they know how I feel about it. You know, Mm. I have told them if, you know, half jokingly, but probably not. If something ever happened to Jamie, I'm moving to Africa and I'm just going to do what I can to be there. And I, you know, I know there's a lot of hurt and need in our own country too, but, um, there's just something about being there that is very basic. And I mean, and I mean that in the most respectful way, you know, they are, it is, it is family. It is faith. It is very, it, it is nothing that frivolous that we consume ourselves with. Um, So that actually is what I think of when I hear that song. I I, I totally get kind of the... No, I appreciate that. I I really do. I appreciate that because I I think, yeah, a context like today is saying, oh, you know, how could we assume that? But that's why context matters because it's like, look at where this was coming from and, you know, what it was a response to. And you're saying it's still a reality that you've witnessed, you know, yourself. So, right. Fair enough. You know, yeah. and I get it. You know, do they know it's Christmas time at all? That's, um, can be. It, it sounds petulant and it's not. No, and yeah. very condescending and very like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Do they even know? Well, let me tell you, at least, you know, the part that I was in, it's a very Christian country they absolutely know it's Christmas time. They probably celebrate it with more meaning and sort of pure joy than than many Christians in the United States do. Um, yeah. And, and maybe that's just being judgmental on my own part. But yeah, they absolutely do. But I, I get, you know, I, I interpret this song as not so much trying to reach the people in Africa or Ethiopia. Yeah. But actually trying to make a diff- an impact on people here and help them see that there is a world outside our window, right? And it's, it's just, it's a great message for all of us. It's, yeah. you know, I, we're dealing with COVID in our house, but you know what? We're, we're okay, but there are a yeah. lot of people out there who aren't. And yeah. just because we're okay yeah. with it doesn't mean not, you know, not that we're okay with it, but just that even though we are healthy moving through it, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody is. And we have to understand that it is not always just about us. No, it's not. So those are my Christmas carols, but I do love Joy to the World. (laughs) For listeners that want to pray with with Emmanuel, with Joy to the World, or with Bono. (laughs) Bono makes an appearance, George Michael, Boy George. I mean, the talent pool. Paul Young. Talent. It's actually amazing, everybody yeah, that got there. It's pretty yeah. cool. They all came together. All those egos. They talked about that. All those egos. <laughs> responded with We Are the World. So, no, it was fun and time. And I'm a huge music fan, so I love that. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe I'll take a look at the video. Yeah, I think I might for our takeaways. Um, so I'd like to reveal my, my 20, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I was actually thinking about that. Is it reading 22 okay. minutes or is it doing something else? Well, okay. So yes, I've talked a lot about my 20 for 20, 21 for 2021. 
which is reading 21 minutes, that will stay. That is not going away. Good for yes, you. That's probably, honestly, that's probably the best thing I did um, in 2021. And in 2019, so Gretchen Rubin and her sister have the Happier Project. Mm-hmm. Um, they did 19 minutes of walking a day. So I was a little ambitious. I think I did, I'm pretty sure, I mean, with COVID, it was not even a challenge. And that was practically one of the only things I did during COVID, right? It was walk consistently. And I tried to do walking with silence, but I think that went out the window. Okay, for 2022, they have asked our listeners to rest, okay? And they say rest is um, up to the individual, how you interpret that, okay? So it could be like a nap or it could be, um, you know, is watching TV for you rest? Now for one of the sisters, it's not because she works in television. She's a, you know, screenwriter. Um, for me, I think watching television would be rest. Um, for Gretchen, reading is not rest because she's an active reader. So um, they even like raise the question is to play rest. And I was like, play is absolutely not rest. No, like rest has to be like you know i mean this is not a philosophical but suddenly it is what is rest rest is relaxation rest is sleep whatever i'm not doing that okay okay i am doing 22 new golf courses okay i so love it the goal is to play 22 new golf courses in the year um i will document these i will be getting 12 of them in ireland this summer so i know that it's achievable because people are like wow that's ambitious because you know on a given month how many rounds of golf are you playing well with the rain right now not much but i'm sports and spirituality so it's not just 22 golf courses and you alluded to this earlier i'm going to go to 22 different catholic parishes for mass in this year as nice. well so i will document okay. those two. so i think it's um i think it's a goal i can accomplish that's part of a smart goal and our listeners will be hearing more about it i love it i love it i love it all right so new year's isn't here yet so i can come up with my yes. i still have a little bit of while a little while to come up with what i do but i like that 22 new parishes Right? Yeah, because that's yeah. something you can do even locally, right? You know, just because. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, there's no doubt about it. I mean, mix it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I do love you know, that. Like, if you want to do like a daily mass, I like Sunday mass because I see my community. Um, so, you know, in the summer, it's probably a little easier to venture out and, you know, structure your day with daily mass. Right. Yeah. And as much as I love kind of the familiarity of a a church that I know at the holidays, one of the things, and I know I've mentioned this before, one of the things I love about the Catholic Church is you can go to any Mass anywhere in the world and it feels like home, right? So visiting yep. different churches um, sounds great. But I will, for my stew, chew on a little bit of what you have shared. Um, I will think about my my New Year's resolution, or I, you know, I, I hesitate to call it that, but what I'm going to choose to do in 2022. Um, and I will get back to you at our, in our, you know, our next podcast and let you know what that looks like. Yeah. So we wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a happy Feast of the Holy Family. We didn't even talk about that, but of course, uh, today is a Feast of the Holy Family. Um, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas Octave, a Christmas season, a Christmas Tide. We can talk about all of those as we move through January. Yes. Okay. And right. um, we will hopefully 
COVID willing, be traveling to Arizona for the festival. Hopefully they will play. A lot of bowl games were canceled today. Oh, the screaming era. So um, anyway, a lot going on always, but um, we look forward to a great and exciting 22 with some new and exciting changes and um, a lot of the, the familiar things as well. So Anne, 2021 is over. I hope 2022 is a better year. Here's to health, good health, right? Yeah, and happiness in, in the new year. So thanks, Haley. Absolutely. Thank you. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, everyone.